everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the Mystic Show. Well, it's a vibrant morning here in northern New Jersey, and uh, it was seven degrees when I was driving here to the studio. So I didn't know it was going to get that cold last night, but wow, seven degrees. That'll wake you up in the morning. Right? What? What movie is that line from, for all you uh, movie watchers out there? <laughs> little Mystic Show trivia, right? Well, welcome, everyone. I mean, uh, I'm glad you could join me this morning. This is the Mystic Show. This is the show where we talk about a lot of different topics. Spirituality, mindfulness, self-help. We like self-help and uh, meditation, and um, all things unseen and otherworldly. Well, not all things, because some, some things unseen are not worth talking about or focusing on, which is something we're going to learn when we, we're going to, uh, this, this next section of our book that we're going to read is, is great. We're going to read that today. You can find all our information at themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. There's links to um, our Facebook and Twitter. There's also links to the podcast. So we do the show live every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, the show's an hour. And then after we do it live, we put it up online as a podcast. So it's like audio on demand. You can go view and listen to all of our past episodes. And uh, and also, let me remember to put the Skype, the Skype volume up. If you're on Skype and you want to call in and ask a question, feel free. Our Skype handle is FractalStream, and that's on the website as well. And you can call us on the phone as well, 973-498-8098. And again, that's on the all this information is on the website, themysticshow.net. And yesterday we had a great show. It was our first show back from uh from a break. We took a little break and uh it was well needed. It was well uh, experienced, uh you know. Uh and 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 we're back. So and I'd like to say hello again to all the Pause Your Life folks who uh, who are part of the Pause Your Life meetup and who are going to be attending the Pause Your Life spring retreat. Great stuff. So, and yesterday's show is, of course, on the website already. So it, it's interesting, you know, if you, we talk about a lot of topics on this show and and mainly we're focused on a balance between philosophy and practicality. We love talking about all the deep things, right? You know, the deep spiritual topics. We love that. Uh, but we also want to make sure we know how to implement these things into our life. Because that's how we learn, right? Through action, experience, contemplation, and learning. That's how we crawl our way up the the divine spiral, right, to our spiritual goal. 
And um, so practical action and knowledge and experience is, is, uh, is vital. And a big part of that is a meditation practice, is actually stopping, you know, regular old mundane life and meditating. Um, you know, and there's obviously many ways to do meditation. There's many systems out there. Whichever one you're drawn to, I'd say go with it and, and just, just do it. Just start meditating. Don't worry if you're doing it wrong. You're probably not. And you can always get some instruction as well. So let's move right into the next section of the book we're reading. And this is, I just read this about 20 minutes ago, and this is, this is great. This is a very practical section of the book uh, and very, very telling. And, and I made a list of notes. I mean, I think we could, seriously, we could probably spend the whole show talking about this one little section. So we're reading from the book called Your Invisible Power by Genevieve B. Rend. Uh, it was published in the 1920s, I believe. And the whole book is, well, it's called Your Invisible Power, and it's all about visualization. It's all about using the, using the power of your imagination and visualization to tap into the universal power, the, the unlimited potential that's available to us, and actually coalescing that potential into either possessions or goals or spiritual states or character traits, um, whatever you want to create in your life. It all comes from the same place. <laughs> and it all starts as thinking and moves into physical being, right? And then at some point, it goes back from the physical back to, you know, wherever, back to dust, back to being just a building block. So this section is called Things to Remember in Using Your Thought Power for the Production of New Conditions. Again, that's it's called Things to Remember in Using Your Thought Power for the Production of New Conditions. And uh, we'll start reading right now. And before I start reading, I should mention that there's seven, seven points here, seven things to remember, um, and, and we'll discuss them after, um, and yeah. Okay, number one, be sure to know what conditions you wish to produce. Then weigh carefully to what further results the accomplishment of your desire will lead. Number two, by letting your thought dwell upon a mental picture, you are concentrating the creative spirit to this center where all its forces are equally balanced. Number three, visualizing brings your objective mind into a state of equilibrium, which enables you 
to consciously direct the flow of spirit to a definitely recognized purpose and to carefully guide your thought from including a flow in the opposite direction. Number four, you must always bear in mind that you are dealing with a wonderful potential energy, which is not yet differentiated into any particular mold, and that by the action of your mind, you can differentiate it into any specific mold that you will. Your picture assists you to keep your mind fixed on the fact that the inflow of this creative energy is taking place. Also, by your mental picture, you are determining the direction you wish the sensitive creative power to take. And by doing this, the externalization of your picture is a certainty. Number five, remember when you are visualizing properly that there is no strenuous effort on your thoughts to hold your thought forms in place. Strenuous effort defeats your purpose and suggests the consciousness of an adverse force to be fought against. And this creates conditions adverse to your picture. Number six. By holding your picture in a cheerful frame of mind, you shut out all thoughts that would disperse the spiritual nucleus of your picture. Because the law is creative in its action, your pictured desire is certain of accomplishment. Number seven. The seventh and great thing to remember in visualizing is that you are making a mental picture for the purpose of determining the quality you are giving to the previously undifferentiated substance and energy rather than to arrange the specific circumstances for its manifestation. That is the work of creative power itself. It will build its own forms of expression quite naturally, if you will allow it, and save you a great deal of needless anxiety. What you really want is expansion in a certain direction, whether of health, wealth, or whatnot. And so long as you get it, as you surely will if you confidently hold to your picture, what does it matter whether it reaches you by some channel which you thought you could count upon or through some other of whose existence you had no idea? You are concentrating energy of a particular kind for a particular purpose. Bear this in mind 
and let specific details take care of themselves. And never mention your intention to anyone. Remember always that nature, from her clearly visible surface to her most arcane depths, is one vast storehouse of light and good entirely devoted to your individual use. Your conscious oneness with the great whole is the secret of success. And when once you have fathomed this, you can enjoy your possession of the whole or a part of it at will. Because by your recognition, you have made it and can increasingly make it yours. Never forget that every physical thing, whether for you or against you, was a sustained thought before it was a thing. Thought as thought is neither good nor bad. It is creative action and always takes physical form. Therefore, the thoughts you dwell upon become the things you possess or do not possess. And that's the end of that section. So um, let's take a quick break. That was a lot of information. We're going to go through it section by section. Uh, let's take a quick break first. Thank you to Anya for Watermark, the song and the album Watermark by Anya. Tremendous. Really. And welcome back to The Mystic Show. Website is themysticshow.net. You can find everything there. Yes, everything. Anything you can visualize, you can find on our website. All right, maybe not. But, you know, I was just thinking, what? just think about what's happening right now. You're either listening to this show on internet radio, live, or you're listening to it as a podcast. But really, this is a broadcast, right? And 
There's no commercials. There's no uh, hidden agenda. You know, there's none none of the pitfalls that come along with, you know, a commercial venture, right? Like regular radio stations, they have to make money. They have to play ads, right? They have to take breaks every certain amount of time. They have management that tells you you can't say this or you can't say that. And here, we have none of that. We can just talk about topics that that we want to talk about and that really help us and affect our lives in a positive way. I I just think that's uh that's wonderful, isn't it? I like it. So we just read this section called Things to Remember in Using Your Thought Power for the Production of New Conditions. And this is from the book Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Berend and yeah, so let let I think we should just go through a few of these because when I even when I was reading it, I wanted to stop after each one and comment, but uh, I didn't uh Yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe I can do that next time if we ever read something like this again, but anyway, we can talk about it. Um well, the first point in my mind, um I'll just read it real quick. Be sure to know what conditions you wish to produce. Then weigh carefully to what further results the accomplishment of your desire will lead. And this reminds me of something that Tony Robbins um, taught me years ago, not in person, <laughs> but through one of his tapes, is that your goals and desires have to be, he called it ecological, right? So you your your desire i mean it might be good for you but if it harms the rest of the world then it's really not good right it's not ecological something that is ecological has to fit into the ecology of the bigger picture right like the earth so if you're you know if you wanted to build a big nuclear power plant for yourself so you have enough power to I don't know, do something crazy, but yet you're going to be polluting all the rivers and, and the ocean. That's not good, right? So she's making a great point here that when, when you think about, when you're thinking about what you want to produce, what results do you want to produce, take it a step or two or three further and think about, okay, if I achieve that, then what effect will that have on the ecology around me? And in the world, other people, what effect will it have on my family, my friends, my coworkers, my community? Mostly the goals we want to achieve are ecological, you know. Um, but it's good to take a look at the long-term effects because even... Even even if it doesn't harm anyone else, I mean, maybe maybe you want to build a certain type of business, but if you build that business, then you'll be working 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And do you really want to do that? Is that ecological for you? So it's a great it's a great point, and um, 
yeah, I was going to remind you that you can call in or Skype in anytime. Um, and the phone number and Skype handle are on the website, themysticshow.net. Um, okay, the next one I wanted to comment on was, I think it's number four here. Yeah, number four. She says, you must always bear in mind that you are dealing with a wonderful potential energy, which is not yet differentiated into any particular mold. Right? So, oh, see, I hear Skype going bloop, bloop. Uh, I don't think a call's coming in, though. Um, but I have to keep the Skype on, because, or else I won't hear if someone calls. So, we might hear that noise every now and then. Maybe I could turn that off somehow. Anyhow, we're dealing with a wonderful potential energy, but it's not yet differentiated. So, there's just all this energy all around and our mind is the thing that takes this random potential energy and focuses it and differentiates it into various things. And to me, I love thinking of it that way because that's true. I mean, I always use the example... I don't I mean it's it's not an exact analogy but you know if you if you take a piece of wood you can carve it into a different shape right you can make a shape you could take a log and carve out you know a person or a boat but before you carve out the boat from the log you have to think about the fact that hey I want to carve out a boat you have to see the boat. And once you see the boat in your mind, then you can start carving and create the boat in the physical. And really what you did was you took all that potential power and 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 materials, right? The building blocks, and you fashioned it into what you wanted to fashion it into. <laughs> so that's one that that's a more um mundane way to look at it like physical you know touching something creating something you know farming is another one right you can visualize a whole farm growing vegetables right then you can plant them and you can you can it can happen but first you have to conceive it first right you have to think about it so the thought is the thing that makes it real because in 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 the infiniteness of this of this wonderful potential energy, there's a zillion logs, there's a zillion boats that were carved from logs, there's a zillion farms, there's vegetables, everything is there in its in its uh, potential state, like seed form, like a spiritual seed form, and it just takes our mental energy to help that spiritual seed form grow into a physical object. And this obviously happens a lot with uh, money, right? I mean, people who want to earn more money or they need to earn more money and they don't know where it's going to come from, but they visualize it and it just comes from somewhere. But it, it comes. <laughs> uh, that's, we're gonna, that's uh, I think, point number seven, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but she, she uses that, the example of money a lot in this book, 
right? She's, she's mentioned it a couple times already. So, but just the idea, think about it. The idea that there's this wonderful potential energy that's everywhere and that you can use it to create what you want to create in your life. I mean, how empowering is that? Like, literally empowering. You are empowered, you know? Okay, Num- the next one, I think it's number five. Uh, yes, number five. Remember, when you are visualizing properly that there is no strenuous effort on your thoughts to hold your thought forms in place. And, okay, then she says, strenuous effort defeats your purpose and suggests the consciousness of an adverse force to be fought against. And that's the line that I really like. Because if you're struggling, really you're admitting that there's this negative force or this, you know, or failure that you're fighting against. And if you understand the last point, that it's all potential energy and it's all up to you to use it, there's no failure. Because this is a process. Using our thought power to tap into the infinite potential to create things. That's called being a human being. (laughs) We do that every moment of every day. There's no failure in that. That process always works for every person, every time. And okay, so we may not have accepted that totally yet. Okay, we're getting there. And that that's why when if we're if we're um, if there's a strenuous effort in our visualizing or we're trying too hard or, you know, we're worried that, oh, am I doing it right? And, you know, that's basically admitting that we don't have faith in the overall process. So the more we understand, the more we develop our awareness about the the way visualizing works, about how we as human beings work, how the process works, the more we understand that, the more we have faith in the process. And we've talked about faith before. That kind of faith, to me, in my opinion, is the real faith. Not just, you know, worshiping some god or some guru out of blind faith. Blind faith is not good, in my opinion. If you, if you, if you disagree, call up, please, or send me a note or comment on the post. Um, yeah, so real faith is when you learn and develop wisdom and meditate and and there becomes a knowing where you know this is how it is. And that's faith. Then you're then there's no strenuous effort. There's no struggling when you're visualizing, when you're meditating, when you're and at some point there's no struggling when you're living your life. Like when someone, you know, honks their horn at you on the road or cuts you off when you're driving. There's eventually there's never a need to become upset 
or angry or anything emotional at all because everything's great. Everything's perfect on a spiritual level. Of course, it takes time to get to that level, right? That's, that's where, that's, that's a byproduct of our ultimate spiritual goal. That's not our goal. Our goal is not to become unemotional humans, <laughs> you know, able to sit in a car and not, not react to, to some guy honking at us. That's not our goal. So that brings the question, what is your goal? Hmm. All right. Well, we talked about goals, but we'll talk about goals some more too. Um, And the, the, the last, well, the seventh one here, I'm not touching on all of them, but just the ones that I wanted to comment on. Um, The seventh, I'll just read what she said. The seventh and great thing to remember in visualizing is that you are making a mental picture for the purpose of determining the quality you are giving to the previously undifferentiated substance and energy, rather than to arrange the specific circumstances for its manifestation. And that's just a very well-written way to say that when we're visualizing, we need to visualize the thing we want to create. And we should not visualize the way that it's created. The, The way that it's created, the how, how it's created, that is not up to you or I when we visualize. The how is up to the universe. The universe will move. The universe will create what what you're visualizing. But how it does it, we're not sure how, because there's other things involved, obviously. There's a there's a bigger picture involved than you and your life. You can still visualize and get what you want. But the way it happens is gonna be, you know the way that it works best for everybody, right? So that her point is, don't worry about the how. And this is something I, you know, learned from Bob Proctor and and teached in my seminars when I was teaching seminars on my book, is don't worry about the how. Just think about what you want. Visualize what you want. And, you know, that... <laughs> That just frustrates people so much. They just don't... It's hard in the beginning to just visualize what you want and not to worry about the how. Because especially in the Western world, we want to know how. We need to know the details. Please tell me. I need to know step by step. (laughs) I need an outline. (laughs) Universe, can you give me an outline, please? Jeez. Clue me in. So... Again, it's not easy in the beginning to sort of have faith that the universe will create what you want, and it'll figure out how. It'll figure out the best way, actually. The way that you think it should happen is might not be the best way. So, and, you know, if you're, if you live, if you live life long enough, you understand that 
a lot of things you've tried to do in life didn't work. Most things you've tried to do did not work. Well, I should say, it didn't work the way you wanted it to work. And, I don't know, I know in my life, I came to a point, and and that's when I started meditation, where I said, you know what, I don't know what to do anymore. Everything I try to do does not work. And I mean well, I want to succeed, but nothing I do seems to work. And that's when I thought there's something there's something bigger in action here. So so that's the last point here. Don't don't worry about the how. Let the universe take care of the how. You just have to keep focusing on the what. With the faith that it'll happen. It'll come true. It might take time. That's another issue, right? With visualizing and goals and everything. Might take a lot of time. You might want it tomorrow. Most of my goals I want tomorrow. (laughs) I don't want to wait 5, 10, 15 years, but hey, it might happen. I might have to wait. I, I mean, I know I will have to wait. So, so this is a just some great points here on visualizing. I really, I like this little section. Um, I like this book in general. Of course, that's why we're reading it. And um, and I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, if you have any comments, leave them on the, the post. And um, maybe we can all chime in. So we'll just take a quick break and we'll be right back. Thank you to you two with uh, trying to throw your arms around the world. That's what that song is called. Uh, from the album Octong Baby. Octong. I think that means, I think it's German and it means like attention. Like, hey, you know, like those little, when you see when someone's, uh, when someone's mopping the floor and the floor's wet, they put those little yellow things up that says attention, you know, wet floor or attention. I believe octung is, is like that. Anyway, I'm not a linguist <laughs> by any stretch, but that was, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. And I think I looked it up at one point. So welcome back to the mystic show. I sent out a tweet saying that, I hope you can uh, sit down with some tea and settle in 
and relax and listen to the Mystic Show. Um, yeah, so I wanted to just mention Pause Your Life. I don't know if you've been to that website yet. Have you been there? Pauseyourlife.org. Um, Pause Your Life does meetups and retreats. And the whole idea is to just, you know, at times we work so hard for so long and you just need to hit the pause button on your life and just stop, take a breath, you know, take a breath. Uh, so that's what the meetups are for. And that's what the, the spring retreat is for. It's, uh, the first pause your life retreat, uh, is, uh, I think May 2nd, 3rd and 4th. And, uh, so if you go to pauseyourlife.org, you can find all that information. And there's even a daily email. It's called the daily pause. And you can sign up and every morning or every day, depending on where you are in the world, you'll get an email with an inspirational quote. And it's just an excuse to pause for a minute or two, right? Just pause for a minute or two, read a quote, consciously pause, take a breath, and then move on, right? That's the one thing about spirituality is, you know, some people who are anti-spiritual, they claim that like stopping and meditating is useless and all this stuff, right? And they're just chasing their their money and their material goals 24-7, right? You all know people like that. Um, and it's okay if that's where they are on their journey, that's fine. Uh, but people who are on a spiritual path consciously, we know that it's, we need balance, right? You need to live your life. You need to live normal life like everyone else, but yet you have, you need to balance it with some sort of spiritual practice or meditation. And, um, and somehow we on the spiritual path, or those of us on the spiritual path, we know that we can't go the other way. We can't just sit and meditate 24-7 and ignore regular life. We know that, right? So it's funny how, I don't know, it's it's like materialistic people are uh, one, one-minded. But when you become more spiritual and you become more aware and you just start looking up, you know, just start looking at higher values, higher concepts, and start looking in, right? You see that the world is not just one, you know, one big struggle for money, right? And that, just know, just being aware of that, that's big. That's actually pretty big, I think. So... <clears throat> Did any of you get to watch the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl was, what, about a week and a half ago. It's uh, football, American football. It's the, you know, the last game, the final game. Whoever wins is the champion for the whole year. And uh, this year it was the Seattle Seahawks versus the Denver Broncos. And, you know, there was a lot of media hype and everything. And when it came time for the game... um the Seattle Seahawks just dominated the game. Like, dominated. Like, it didn't even look like... It didn't even look like a real game. It was a little strange, actually. <laughs> um, 
sorry, I thought someone was coming on Skype. Nope. Um, so it, it, it was a blowout, right? And then our good friend uh, Satya, friends of the show, Satya, uh, yeah, I was about to say his last name, but <laughs> we'll just leave it at Satya. He, um, he sent an email saying, it was, I think it was an article, and the coach, the coach of the Seahawks was explaining how meditation is actually part of their training. They don't just practice football and get on the field and hit each other. They actually meditate and visualize. And that's pretty amazing, right? Think about that. A a pro football team, these big guys, these brutes, running around the field, killing each other. And now the coach is, is using visualization. It's not the first time. A lot of sports have used visualization. In fact, there was that big uh, study, it must have been in the 70s, I think, where they studied a basketball team and they did a test. They said one, they they split the basketball team into three groups. And the first group, they said, okay, you're going to practice doing your free throws, these, this one shot. You're going to practice shooting your free throws for an hour. And then afterwards, we'll test you again, whatever. And the second group, they said, look, you're not actually going to touch the ball. You're going to sit down and you're going to visualize that you're practicing free throws and that you're making them, right? And then the third group was going to basically do nothing, just sit there. and they, They didn't practice at all and they didn't visualize at all. So obviously the team, the the section of players that practiced actually practiced and the three free throws they improved by a certain percentage. And the the players who did not practice at all or visualize they didn't improve at all really. Right? So it makes sense. But the interesting point was the group that the, the group in the middle, that's group number two, who just did visualization. They never even touched the ball, right? They actually improved basically just as much as the team that actually touched the ball and practiced. I think they were like 2% less improvement, which is almost nothing. So the point is that when you visualize, you can visualize practicing something and you'll actually get better at it. And it's used in sports. It's used in, I mean, public speaking, right? I mean, if you visualize regularly that you're giving these talks in public and people are liking it, you're confident, you're explaining your points well, afterwards people are coming up to you asking questions or, you know what I mean, that'll go a long way. I mean, I've done it. I've done that. And it makes a world of difference. So anyway, back to the Super Bowl, when the Seahawks were using visualization uh, and and meditation, I just thought that that was amazing. And, um, and it also brought up a good point that, um, and this is a point my wife and I discussed this weekend quite a bit, is that meditation itself is just a tool. 
It's a method. And, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, the football team, they were using it as a tool, obviously, right? Um, but sometimes in the new age world of the spiritual, you know, the world of people practicing spirituality, right? It's almost like meditation becomes the end, the goal, right? It's as long as you're meditating, that's the goal, you're fine, or something like that. And now maybe that's because people don't know what their real spiritual goal is, or or maybe, you know, I mean, diff- everyone has a different reason for practicing meditation, right? But the practice of meditation itself is just a tool. It's just a way to regulate our mind, you know, relax our body and regulate the mind. And even relaxing the body, that just happens automatically. So the um, the natural path meditation that, that I practice, it it's very clear. Meditation is just a tool. It's a tool to help you regulate your mind because your mind has is really running wild. And if you don't think that's true, try to sit down and be thoughtless. <laughs> try to stop your thoughts for, for not even one minute. Try 10 seconds. Try to stop your thoughts for 10 seconds. Good luck. And why is that? It's because, well, first of all, the mind, that's what the mind does. It thinks, right? It's like a, uh, I can't think of the word. That's what the mind does. That's its job. That's its function, right? Um, but also, we've accumulated so many impressions and experiences and memories and, you know, that they're all floating around our head and, uh, you know, affecting our current action as well. So, so when you regulate your mind, when you use meditation as a tool to regulate your mind, you have more control over your mind. You're able to ignore things. You're able to refocus when you need to. You're able to catch yourself sooner. If, you, if you're going off on a tangent, you're able to say, oh, wow, all right, I got to stop, come back. Um, that happens much quicker. So, so meditation is a tool. You can, you can, you know, think, it's like a shovel. A shovel is a tool. You can dig a hole. You can chop down a tree with a shovel. It's not the right tool to chop down a tree, but you still could, right? That's using the wrong tool for the wrong job. Um, what else could you do with a shovel? You could break something. There's a, there's a zillion things you could do with a shovel, right? Um, you could stoke a fire with a shovel, right? Whatever. It's just a tool. So meditation, football players can use it to play better. Basketball players can use it to play better. Public speakers can use it to speak better. And a person who's on a spiritual journey can use it to achieve their spiritual goal faster. So, and, and I think part of the reason this came up is because we we met some new folks who wanted to learn about meditation and even within meditation itself, people have different goals. Some people want to achieve oneness with God, right? 
which in a way that's the ultimate spiritual goal of any human being. Some people don't want that. They don't even know what that is. They just want to maybe just relax their mind. I don't know. Maybe they want to relax their body. Maybe they went to the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, you're really tense. You should meditate. And they said, okay. Okay. So people do it for different reasons. And they can only, I mean, people are where they are. They have to do what they have to do right now. We, there's no way we, anyone else can force them to, to have a higher spiritual goal, you know, or, or instead of meditating once a week, no, you have to meditate every day. Well, what if they're not ready for that, right? So different people are ready for different things. And those of us on the spiritual path, we have to become more aware of this and because that's the only way you can really help another person, right? If you understand where they are and you can help them do what they need to do. It might not be the highest goal. It might not be, you know, the perfect thing to do, but they have to do what they have to do. They are where they are right now. In time, that'll change. But it'll definitely take time. So so meditation is a tool and... And I guess I encourage everyone, like I always do, to think of what are you using that tool for? What goal are you trying to reach? And if you're really not meditating, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're not at that point to do meditation, but maybe you can ask yourself, why, what could I use that tool for? Or why, this is what I used to think, I used to think, why are all these spiritual texts and everyone's talking about how meditation is so necessary? <laughs> That's one of the reasons I started, actually. I was like, man, this, there must be something to this. All these holy books and these saints, everyone's saying you got to meditate. There's no other way but to meditate. <laughs> and I said, so I got to figure this out. So meditation is a tool. And... um and I'm looking for a little song to play for to take a break. So let's play another Neil Young song. We'll take a quick break. And then there's a, a really good reading from uh, the 365 Dow book I want to read real quick um, before we run out of time. Thinking about 
Thank you to Neil Young. The song's called You and Me. That's off his uh, Harvest Moon album, which is a great one. Neil Young, You and Me. Welcome back to the Mystic Show. It's getting really light outside now. and But I, I'm sure it's still really cold. It was seven degrees when I came in. and Wow, but it's really sunny. That helps, especially if you have like a nice big sliding glass door at home and you could you like you could sit in the sunlight, but you're still inside the house and it, it's nice and warm. My wife loves to do that. Uh, so this is, again, a quick reading from 365 Dao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. This is a great little book that we're, we've been reading from. Uh, there's one passage for every day of the year. And uh, it's great. So this passage is, um, it's not for today, because each, like, every, literally every calendar day has a passage associated with it. So this is not the uh, passage for today, but I think it's, I don't even know when it's from. See, now I'm curious. See, I brought it up on the air. This is December... Oh, December 11th, right? So today's actually February 11th. So anyway, it really doesn't matter, does it? (laughs) This passage is called Worthwhile. Inside me, it was quiet all day. I waited until midnight for a sound. Outside me, it was noisy all day. I waited all night for silence. Dao's power is sound. Dao's potential is silence. It is said that even if one hears Dao before the day is over, then that day has been worthwhile. Even if one hears about Tao before one's life is over, then one's life has been worthwhile. But sometimes it takes a long time to hear about Tao. There are some days when Tao does not manifest itself right away. It seems that the more you want to love, the more hatred tempts you. The more you want to be pure, the more negativity pursues you. The more you want serenity, the more chaos assaults you. The ordinary have common problems. Those who who pursue Tao struggle against titanic forces. What can you do but accept it and persevere? If you fret about it, then you have not only spent the day away from Tao, but you have ruined that day with emotional turmoil too. Verse 
Sometimes Tao does not appear until the very end of the day. Maybe it's just that you are more relaxed and have put aside all your cares. Maybe Tao is capricious. It's hard to say. When Tao does come, it is as if you are just now hearing a true sound. When it does come, such a feeling of serenity overcomes you that it quiets all the noise of the day. So that's uh, a great way to end the show today. Hope you can find that Tao within yourself. Maybe you're feeling it right now. And maybe you can carry it through today. Because today is full of possibilities and potential. Different ways for you to contemplate and maybe discuss some of these topics with other people as well. So keep this condition, keep a higher awareness, and as always, keep shining. <laughs>